Thank you for downloading Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. In this episode, Sam and I recap the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Celtics and look ahead to the NBA Finals against the Golden State Warriors for the fourth consecutive year. Also, want to let you know about two other podcasts you might like if you like this one, the Orange is Orange or Browns podcast with Browns insider Jeremy and Akron. That's all about the Cleveland Browns. And a Swing and a Tribe MLB podcast with Joel Armbruster, president of Phoenix Bats. That is all about the Cleveland Indians. We are committed to bringing you the very best Cleveland sports coverage and analysis in podcast form. You can find these shows anywhere you listen to podcasts and on Twitter at Oranges Oranger and a Swing and a Tribe. Okay, here it is. Sam and I's review of the Eastern Conference Finals and our NBA Finals preview. Enjoy the show. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James! It's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! That sound means it's time for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. I am your host, Chase Smith, and with me, Cavs insider, national NBA writer, Sam Amico of AmicoHoops.net and ProHoopsDigest.com. Sam! Eastern Conference champions, man. NBA Finals, here we come. Hey, remember when I think our last podcast, the Cavs were down 2-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals? So guess what that meant? That meant they won, what, four of five heading yeah. into the, the NBA Finals. So um, while there have been questions about how they played uh, throughout the course of the season, and understandably so, they are back in the NBA Finals. Unbelievable. Game seven in Boston. The Celtics were undefeated. All playoffs at home, playing out of their minds. We're going to touch on the finals here in just a couple moments, but we wanted to talk about Eastern Conference Finals, Game 7 victory against the Celtics. And, and Sam, we, we touched on this at our last podcast. Through all the drama, through all of the injuries, through all of the up-and-coming teams and rookies and players, here we are, Cavs Eastern Conference Finals champions once again. Nothing really surprising. Maybe that this went to seven against the Celtics, but I mean, the Cavs won, man. Yeah. You know, if you, and, and LeBron has said this numerous times, it's almost been like two separate seasons for the Cavs um, because you had the Kyrie trade. It's almost like three separate seasons. You started off with a Kyrie trade um, at some point in, when was it? Uh, August of last year. So, and then Isaiah Thomas couldn't play until, what, December, January, first week of January, he finally comes back. Yeah. And then a month – so there's, there's like two new teams there. And then all of a sudden you have the February trading deadline where they blow up the entire thing again. Yeah. And, and then you bring in a bunch of young guys, uh, or at least three of them, and Nance and Clarkson and Rodney Hood and Clarkson and Nance Jr. with – Zero playoff experience. Rodney Hood with limited playoff experience. And George Hill, you trade Dwayne Wade. I mean, it was just you created a whole new team. But guess what? Who stayed? LeBron James. Yep. And then Jr. Jr. Tristan and Kevin Love have all been part of teams that have gone to four straight finals now. So those are still your core pieces, and you've filled in around them a little bit. Um, and here you are again, and it's just um, – it's been amazing. Amazing season, amazing run, unlike no other. Let's talk about how Kevin Love was out pretty much all of game six and all of game seven. Sam, did that help or hurt the Caps? I don't think it ever helps. Um, but 
Jeff Green stepping up and and the, his performance was his numbers were Kevin Love like in 18 points and nine rebounds. Um, you know there are things that Jeff Green brings to the Cavs that, that Kevin Love does not, and I think that Ty Lue touches on that with with Jeff Green's ability to defend. Yep, well, three or four different positions. I think Jeff Green's a little more athletic. I think he's uh, a little quicker on defense, and I think he's a better finisher around the rim. That's one thing I noticed around six and seven. He does a really good job of, fin- of finishing around the rim. I think Jeff Green's a little careless with the basketball sometimes. Kind of wishes he, I kind of wish he would go into that like overdrive gear sometimes, where he just seems like he's too chill, like he's too relaxed. Yes. Yeah, but he he can finish. He can jump, and yeah. and that's what you you do not get that with with Kevin Love a lot. No, I think Kevin Love in the playoffs has really struggled to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, he settles for threes too much. That's a, that's one thing I don't like about Jeff Green is he, he shoots too many threes for my liking. <laughs> um, but, uh, he's he, yeah, he's definitely a, a better finisher. He's not nearly the rebounder that Kevin Love is, obviously. Correct. Or the outlet think, passer. Or the outlet. Well, and I think his nine rebounds in game seven – uh, were as many rebounds as he had in the rest of the playoffs combined, just mm-hmm. about. I mean, he is not a rebounder. So, um, sadly, we should not be having this conversation, Chase. Kevin Love should be, you know, he is, was expected to blow Jeff Green out of the water in terms of yep. uh, what, what his contributions were to this team. So, um, look, the, the bottom line is you're winning games, you're getting contributions uh, from the non-LeBrons. And obviously, those contributions from guys like Kevin Love, uh, Jeff Green, George Hill, J.R. Smith, Tristan Tops, those guys are going to have to play out of their minds uh, going into the finals. Which leads us to this conversation, Sam. You're correct. We should not be having this conversation about Jeff Green and Kevin Love, or as LeBron calls him, all-star Kevin Love. Every time LeBron talks about him, he throws that all-star uh, name <laughs> title in front of Kevin Love. Does this affect the offseason with Kevin Love and the Cavs seeing how yeah. they got production out of other yes. lesser players without, without question. I think that, uh, you know, you, you're going to dangle Kevin Love and with that number, number eight pick, I think, you know, but obviously you're going to have to draft somebody with that pick, but you can have those conversations leading into the draft. You know, if the Cavs are able to draft Michael Porter or, Colin Sexton or Trey Young, maybe another team once that combined with Kevin Love. So uh, I think there's no doubt. And and maybe you don't even dangle the pick. Maybe you just dangle Kevin Love. And I, I think there's – look, they've tried to trade him every summer, at least had conversations in trading about trading him every summer since he's been here and at every trading deadline. Yeah, He's just the perfect – and, of course, he's still with the Cavs. So it doesn't mean he's going to get traded – but, look, last summer that deal was worked out. He was going to Indiana, and Paul George was coming to the Cavs. I mean, that deal was done. And then Indiana at the last second said, yeah, we're going to go in another direction. So, um, hmm. yeah, they'll have those conversations without question. I think this summer more than ever they will be, I don't want to say determined to trade Kevin Love, but they will be ex- aggressively exploring it. Uh, and, and not because they're – He's the one piece that they can move and say, you know what, we can go get that wing guy. We can go get Scottie Pippen to, to LeBron James, Michael Jordan. We can go do that with Kevin Love. And they're probably right. Now, it may not be Kawhi Leonard. It may not be Paul George. 
it might be an Aaron Gordon type or, uh, you know, another type of, of strong wing. Go get an all-star of some sort. DeRozan is available. You know, so I think that they, the, the Cavs will certainly explore and aggressively uh, look to move Kevin Love this offseason. So game seven in Boston, LeBron plays all 48 minutes to no one's surprise. It's the ridiculous 35, uh, I think 10 and nine, right? Stat, end up stat line. Something uh, like that, yeah. The Celtic, neither team shot well. Celtics were seven of 39 from three. Cavs were nine of 35, but the Cavs made shots when they needed to. They kept their composure. They didn't hurry or rush things. And LeBron just controlled the game from really start to finish. You know, what's interesting about that is, number one, when I was watching the game, I just thought if the Cavs stay within striking distance, yeah. then they've got LeBron at the yeah. end, and the Celtics have a bunch of young guys. There was you know? a moment in the second quarter where it was teetering to where yes. this game could get out of hand or this game could be, get to get, this game could be close. And yeah. a shot didn't fall, a turnover out of bounds there, and all of a sudden Cavs are within eight. And you're like, yeah. okay. The crowd started yeah. to kind of understand what was <laughs> this is This yeah. is a game. Yeah, and I just thought, you stay within striking distance with LeBron James. I don't care that you're on the road. Not to mention just LeBron, but also the guys that we mentioned, Tristan, J.R., uh, Corver, Jeff Green, the experience. You know, that experience kind of comes – George Hill kind of comes shining through in those situations. So, uh, but but yes, I I thought that, look, they they missed a lot of shots there. Rozier and – Zero for 10. Scary Terry. Marcus Smart. Yeah. Marcus Smart. Uh, those guys were missing a lot of shots at crunch time. Al Horford and, almost uh, airballed a three near that in that fourth quarter. I mean, it was they, only they person started say, to uh, you not know, scared of that moment was Jason Tatum. Yes, right, right, Jason Tatum, and then he stopped getting the ball. Yep. Um, and, and I think you know they it wasn't because the other Celtics were gunning, but the Cavs kind of um, did a defensive job on Tatum there where they were denying him the ball and he couldn't get open and, and we're frustrating him there at the end. So, you know, who's yeah, not getting a lot of credit for that. J.R. Smith. Yeah. J.R. Smith. Yeah. No, he did a great job when he switched yeah. around to Tatum and he did a good job for the most part, for most of that game, defending Jalen Brown, who was really a non-factor in game. Yeah. Seven. You know, this is a young Celtics team that the Cavs, if the you know if the Broncos, we're going to see a lot of years going ahead. Same with the 76ers. This this East is really young, up and coming. A lot of really good players in the East, and the Celtics have have a have a really bright future. Just not this year because all that matters is we have LeBron James and uh, leading us to fourth straight NBA Finals. Sam, can you imagine the Cleveland Cavaliers in the fourth straight NBA Finals? I mean, it's easy no. to imagine because we have LeBron, but it, it's it's a reality. That's, I can't imagine that. I couldn't imagine Golden State in the fourth straight finals either. Even if you had told me this, think about 2014, okay? That was four years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Four years, and whoever thought we'd be saying, yeah, the Cavs and the Warriors are going to meet for four straight finals. Right. Because of, you know, and LeBron's going back to Cleveland. Four years ago this summer, nobody thought LeBron with James was coming back to Cleveland. Everybody's like, why would he do that? He's been to four straight finals with the Heat. And yeah. he's got Dwayne Wink. The Cavs aren't any good. They've got Kyrie and Dion and Anthony Bennett. And, you know, <laughs> why would he come to Cleveland? And, and, and sure enough, you know, here we are. So I think that really I've been, as a NBA fan, uh, kind of stepping back 
and, and not getting caught up in the, you know, oh, this is the most lopsided finals ever going in the finals or Golden State's going to kill. And just kind of taking it in and saying, you know, before, before the intensity of the games, it's kind of nice to step back and say, wow, Cleveland yeah. is in playing for a championship for the fourth straight year. Yeah. You know, we mentioned and look at four years ago. Four years ago, everybody was like, hey, maybe the Cavs could get to the playoffs next season. Yep. You know, but now fans expect more and they get mad if the Cavs don't win the championship. Yeah. Whereas, whereas it's like two teams play for a title. One gets to win. Yeah. That's it. One. You know, we, we mentioned this on our uh, Rappers podcast. Just enjoy the ride. Just yes. enjoy having the yeah. greatest player, no doubt, of our generation, maybe – of all time on our team leading this like every series, almost every other game putting up a memorial, like a, a, a legendary game or legendary sat line, a legendary shot. Just, just enjoy this moment. And no matter what happens, these next four five, six, seven games, just he is doing this with our favorite team. And we have the greatest player in the planet right now leading that charge. It's a, it's a great, it's a, if you love pro basketball in Cleveland, and there's nothing about this that is that is wrong. You're, you're going to get ticked off because you you know if the Cavs should lose a game or a series, you're going to blame the coach, and that's all good. Blame whoever, but like you said, enjoy the ride because. Uh, and I I think LeBron will come back next season, but if he doesn't. You won't be having this conversation anymore. We won't be talking about, well, they're not going to beat the Warriors right. because they're not going to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> you know? So enjoy this while it lasts and, um, and, and appreciate it, I think. Shouts to the Grizzlies who uh... – <laughs> <laughs> You have to hear from their fans anytime now. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, you know, and, and, I, and I sent your, your link – you, you wrote about how the Browns now the leading out in Vegas to go back with the Cavs. I, I sent that out to my, to my group thread and no one said anything about it. A lot of my friends that thread, they're not Cavs fans. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just pretty silent, but um, yes. Yeah, so, I, I, I think he'll come back. So let, let's play this game. Uh, we're going to a segment an, an, introduce a new segment, Sam strengths and weaknesses going into the finals. All right. We want to talk about, uh, each team's strength and each team's weakness. Let's start with the Warriors. I feel like we all have a pretty good idea of the of the of the Cavs. Who, what is the Warriors' greatest strength? Well, I mean, you could talk about the four All Stars, but the thing that has impressed me about them, and I don't like, I like how that team was constructed, except for Durant. I think Durant going there to me was one of the most. Let me put it this way. One of the least courageous things ever in pro sports history. It's a bitch move. Right. <laughs> it really was. I mean, come on, man. You just – you blew a 3-1 lead. You had a 3-1 lead against this team, and now, you know. But, look, it's the – and as Kobe Bryant has said, it's that AAU mentality now where these guys are – they all sign up for the same team in AAU, and, yep. and LeBron did it with Miami, you know. So, I, I just thought – had Durant gone anywhere else, anywhere else, uh, the Cavs probably would be winning championships, multiple championships. Yeah. I don't think Golden State would be back in this situation. I think he's saved them multiple times. So that said, 
I'm going to show them some respect anyway because uh, they do. I will say this: they play incredibly hard yep. for a team with four all stars. They do not let their foot off the gas very often. They play hard, and I I think that that goes from it starts with uh, Draymond Green and Curry and Clay Thompson and and Durant, and they believe in themselves. And uh, I just think that they're that's their greatest strength other than their ball movement shooting is the fact that they don't give up. They play hard and they're a very good defensive team as well. Yep. You know, I think I would say their strength, not to disagree with you, because I think that's a strength. I think another strength that they have is just the, the depth of outside shooting, not the depth of their roster, which is I think a whole other different conversation, but when they do the, you know, five out or four out one in like every one of those guys are, top-notch, if not legendary, three-point shooters. Clay, Steph, even KD is an excellent outside shooter. Dre can hit it every now and then. Um, and I just think every one of them is a weapon. I, I heard someone say four of uh, the scores on the Warriors are better than any one of the Celtics' number, number one option at, at this time. Right, yeah. I think well, that's a little exaggeration, but it does bring up a good point. The Cavs have not seen firepower like this in the East. Right. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, and that's not yet. They hadn't really even seen firepower like the Rockets in the East, you know, Yep. At, yep. At, and, and Golden State um, ended up beating them thanks to the Chris Paul entry. I'm convinced the Rockets would have won otherwise because they, they kind of figured them out at that point. But um, I, I just think that, that the, the Warriors on top of the three-point shooting that you mentioned are, are great passing and cutting they're phenomenal they're the best passing cutting team in the league on and and you throw that in with their you know otherworldly three-point shooting to me it's just it's just fantastic and i always say i don't you know i'm obviously too old to have favorite players in the nba anymore but i used to you know durant for the non-cavs durant was always my guy that i loved with the and then i always said if clay thompson didn't play for the warriors he would probably because i just love his game, his three-point shooting. He's an excellent wing defender. Um, and just, you know, he's really kind of been the guy who's kind of had to take that back seat when Durant came on, and he's done so seamlessly. But, yeah, I mean. Clay saved that team in, against the Thunder. Yes. Clay yes, Thompson he did. game six. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, he sure did. He, he was hitting threes from like and I think didn't he, didn't he have a big, like, game three or four against the Rockets? Or he had a big game in the – Again, he maybe had another big game against the Rockets. Yeah, for sure. I think it was game six, actually. Yeah, um, game six, Clay. So, so all right. So uh, they've, got, they've got, you know, enough. Let's, um, let's jump to the Golden State's weaknesses. And, and I would say, Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, this might be the most vulnerable this team has been since they got Durant. Would you agree yes. with that? Yes. Their, their, their weaknesses are very evident where they weren't before. And number one is complacency throughout the course of games. Now, we've heard about the Cavs having that issue against lesser opponents, and the Warriors have certainly done that. They've had issues of playing hard for all 48 minutes, um, and that complacency can haunt you. Uh, number two is this team, and I think this is the Cavs' best chance, this Warriors team – looks to be getting a little bit tired of each other. Yes. That happens. We saw it with the old Lakers with Kobe and Shaq. Maybe not to this degree uh, or or to that degree, 
but throughout history, the old Celtics in the 80s, the Lakers of Showtime and Magic, uh, the Shaq, Kobe Lakers, um, teams that have these continuous runs start to get a little tired of each other and tired of their coach. They really do. So that's the good thing for the Cavs. Even though they're all this turnover, they probably aren't better than they used to be. They have new guys, so they kind of feel fresh, whereas the Warriors have the same guys. And um, my point is for the Cavs, they, if they can get the Warriors to melt down, that's their best hope. If they can get the Warriors to, to start bickering and you know keep the games close, you do that by keeping the games close and hopefully creating – what you what you hope is some team dissension, at least for their series against you. Well, you know, I, I would say their weakness, I mean, the complacency, that's been talked about since they won 73 or 72 games, you know, in the regular season. Like, are they going to – they won the first – you know, that, that's been an ongoing narrative. What is new to me this season, Sam, is honestly the Warriors aren't that deep. Yes. Yeah, and I, I, I think I got into a, a little bit of an argument with my good friend Jeff Phelps about – the depth of the Warriors and I said you know they have more depth and more of this and he said well I'd argue with you about depth and uh, the one thing I will say about the Warriors is their depth is experienced when you're talking about West uh, Livingston and some of those other guys but they also you know they played Quinn Cook who was uh, not didn't have a ton of experience and he he missed some shots there against the Rockets what was it game five um, but so, yeah, I mean, the Cavs, the Cavs have, I think, better depth, but is that depth prepared to play at this level as Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson and Osman and Hood and uh, obviously Kyle Korver, are those guys going to produce at this level uh, in the NBA Finals? You, you would hope so on this stage. And if they do, again, I think the Cavs are going to have a shot. So game one, I have it right here. Game one is Thursday, May 3rd. It's tomorrow. That's right. In, night, nine o'clock in Oakland, and at our last podcast, we we told Mike Breen we would see him in Oakland. <laughs> we uh, we <laughs> yeah. told Mike we would see him there. So, uh, Sam, what is your prediction? What do you see happening in Game One? I think this is the one that the Cavs could get. Um, you know, this is the biggest. The Warriors are what the biggest favorites since the Lakers Nets in two thousand one. Yeah, uh, the narrative is it's not going to be close. It's narrative is Warriors in four or five. That's kind of where it's at. Uh, I, yeah. I'm going to go Cavs in seven, but uh, you just want game one, so I'll give you game one. Um, I think the Cavs are going to win in overtime. <laughs> I, I just You know why? Because this series reminds me of Philly uh, when Iverson carried the Sixers that – Bad Sixers LA. to the finals against the Lakers. Yeah. I think that was 2001, mm-hmm. maybe. And they won game one in overtime. And that was the game that, that Iverson stepped over Ty Lue. Right, right. Uh, after hitting a three. And you know why he did that? Because the Lakers kept telling everybody that Ty Lue plays the role of Iverson in practice. So, and he's like the Iverson. I know he was a defensive specialist on Iverson. Yes, yes. Um, and that was so he kept playing the role of Iverson yeah. in practice. So, I'm going to go off of experience here and look back at the previous series. The Pacers, I think they won game one. Raptors almost won game one. Boston won game one. And I feel like LeBron kind of takes these game ones kind of see what kind of where the chess pieces are going to lie and kind of plan a plan of attack for games two, three, and four, the rest of the series. So I'm going to say the Warriors are going to take game one 
Uh, and I, I don't think it's, it's going to be close. I think they're going to win by 15 to 20. But what that's going to do is – stay with me here, Sam. That's going to set up uh, Cavs win in games two, three, and four. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, those are, those are quite the predictions. But, hey, look, you've predicted the Cavs in every series, and guess what? You've been right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I'm of course with LeBron, but I just see, you know, even in even in Game Seven, and I think LeBron's gotten really good at this. Is there were some closeouts LeBron didn't run and chase after. There were yeah. some picks he did not fight through because he knows that he's going to have to have his legs at the end of the game to make a shot, or this is this is a marathon and not a sprint. And so yeah. I think he's going to check out early. I think he's going to realize in the middle of the third, hey, there's no way we're winning this game. He, he's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, but I think he, he does all this intentionally. He will take a loss in game one to one, not show his cards for game two or to save his legs for the rest of the series. Um, and uh, so I, yeah. I think the Warriors are going to well, win. He certainly did that in game seven. Yeah. He certainly did that in game seven against the Celtics. They, they, he very much paced himself. And then at the end of the game, he just went bonkers because yep. uh, he knew he was going to play all 48. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, that's an interesting philosophy, and it certainly could come to fruition. Um, I just think if the Cavs win, can get one of two there at Golden State, the narrative will totally change. And I yes. think that'd be that'd be good for Cleveland fans to get to, hear, if nothing else, to get to hear a different narrative. Yeah. Um, also, maybe I'm just defending my narrative, my, my prediction again. Maybe the Bronze are a little rope a dope and make it seem <laughs> like it's going to be easy. So. Kind of play into that complacency and really knock them out in game two. And that's a, yeah, that's a that's a good philosophy. I don't know. I like your game. This is get over in four. Why not one, two, three, four? That's <laughs> sorry, right. in Cleveland. Cavs. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, look, the, the Pistons in two thousand four were supposed to get killed yep. by the Lakers of Shaq, Kobe, Gary Payton, and Carl Malone. And yep. guess what? That team self destructed. Yep. Got tired of Phil Jackson. And uh, maybe maybe these Warriors will get tired of Steve Kerr and the Cavs will, Cavs will play off that. So you never know. You never know. That's why you play the games That's right. and you roll out the ball. Yeah. Sam, one, one more question here before we go. Is it possible for this Warriors team to be intimidated by LeBron? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think a little bit if LeBron gets going. You know, if LeBron has one of those games where it's like, wow, this is going to be a long series trying to stop this guy because not only is he a scorer, but, you know, he's a, he's a distributor and rebounder. He's doing it all, and he's going to keep them in games. So, yes, there could come a time where it's going to be like, well, yeah, you know, they're, they're overly concerned. But he's going to have to go out and have one of those fantastic games uh, right off the bat for them to feel that way. Yeah. Well, uh, Sam – have fun at games three and four. I know you, you, you got your, your credentials and you're going to go and uh, do your reporting. Good luck to the Cavs as they travel. They're traveling today, probably, correct? Uh, they left yesterday right after practice. They should be uh, in Oakland today. Gotcha. Actually. So, yeah. And that does it here for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening and for checking out AmicaHoops.net and ProHoopsDigest.com. Do us a favor, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. It does help with search algorithms. Uh, let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Cavs on the Break. Follow Sam on Twitter at Amico Hoops. 
Catch all of his work and writings at amicoops.net and probesdigest.com. Also, be on the lookout. He's going to give a little uh, Q&A for the podcast, uh, so make sure you follow him. To, uh, make sure you can uh, send us your questions, and we can read them and uh, answer them on air. You can email us at podcast at calvesonthebreak.com. Sam, any final thoughts today? That's it. I said Cavs and seven. I'm going to stick with that even if they're down 3-0. I love it, man. I love it. Mike Breen, take us out. Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.